Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are a quick recap of a wet and soggy players championship. The final quarter of the NHL regular season is here. Who's hot and who's not? Baseball is back. More big NFL free agent news. The bracket is out. Who will be cutting down the nets in April? With that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be back. We're in Matt's basement live in the studio in Delaware, Ohio. Thanks for listening tonight. Uh, like Colton said, we're going to get started with a little bit of golf news. Um, you know, we talked about the players championship down there in Florida last week um, on our show. And none of the guys that we picked that we thought would do well or even that Vegas thought would do well. Um, did well at all. Did well at all. <laughs> it was uh you know, uh, Kepka missed the cut. John Rahm was tied for 55th. Colin Marikawa, who Matt and I both thought had a real good chance to win this thing, uh, didn't make the cut either. Jeez. So, yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a strange um, tournament. But uh, Cameron Smith won it um, at 13 under with a extended play. You know, they didn't finish up till Monday. So, uh, did you get a chance to watch much of it, Colton or Matt? Yeah, a little little bit of it. Not not a whole lot. Caught caught a few holes here and there. But yeah, it was, it was kind of tough to tough to catch anything with with the first round taking a total of what do I got here uh 54 hours and 16 minutes wow. to complete round just round one <laughs> <laughs> so you know that, that that's pretty crazy you know I just think that makes for really tough to get yourself you know motivated get keep yourself groove, you know get yeah, in a get groove concentration kinda, going right on right but that. you know Cameron Smith I mean everybody was under the same conditions so you know yeah. you can't you know can't complain too much you know Cam Cam Smith you know found a found a way and and a lot of it was you know on on the final day eight of his last nine holes he he one putted so you know he was playing real well had got it got his putting stroke going and you know hit some some pretty phenomenal shots to set himself up for for some good some good putts but uh you know only his second his second victory this year and his and his fifth time you know winning on on the PGA but you know what what a what a performance from him and you know takes home a cool 3.6 million dollars after nice. after winning on on monday there yeah, so. so in that last hole he hit one of the most clutch bogey shots you'd ever seen in your life mm-hmm. as he, he hit it what uh out of bounds or, or right. far to the left or something and then followed up with another not so great shot but right but save, save bogey and ended up winning himself a tournament worked out really well for him though because uh, he's australian you know by birth but he actually has he moved to Florida, and he, so he's playing kind of in his backyard there. Mm-hmm. They say that's kind of his home course, and he, he's played it a lot. So right, right. I'm sure he had some intimate knowledge there that really really helped him through this thing. Right, right. But, you know, I think you throw that somewhat out the window because of all of the weather the that they, you know, you know, terrible conditions. Uh, you know, they, they obviously played it, you know, a certain way or, you know, expecting it to play a certain way, and then, you know, you got all this wind and rain and just, you know, play being suspended and just, you know, not – you know, not ideal, you know, conditions for golf, but, um, you know, he, he found a way to, to way to get it done and, you know, hoisted, hoisted the trophy up then, you know, on, on Monday. Yeah, so definitely well, an interesting way to kick off the PGA season right. with, the, with the favorites not being anywhere to be found. Right, yeah. right. Well, and, you know, we talked about hole 17 last week, you oh, know, the island, the island, the island. it lived up to its name, 29 balls in the water. Yeah, on 17, just in the final round. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure even before that, there was when they had like the heavy winds. Like there were guys. I mean, like a lot of the professionals and things like that that were hitting four and five balls in the water because yeah. the ball, the way the ball 
get up in the air and the wind just knock it. It just take it. It yeah. would just take it. You they, know. I mean, there was even some talk about suspending play and not finishing mm-hmm. on Monday. But yeah, twenty nine balls in the, on, on seventeen <laughs> yeah. in the water, feed, just, feed just the, in the final feed. round. But I do. Th- I think Cameron Smith actually birdied 17 yeah he put it Monday. he put it like right next yeah. to the pin it was a phenomenal phenomenal yeah. shot um, to set himself up there to you know keep his keep his streak alive there but well, i'm not sure where they head next but hopefully the weather will straighten out <laughs> for him a little hopefully bit. somewhere a little bit more dry and, yeah. and, and better for him yeah, so. so all right very good well like colt said um we're about three quarters of the way through the nhl season now so and we haven't talked some we haven't talked about hockey in a little while so i'm kind of excited for this next segment um, we kind of went through and picked like we do, uh, maybe who our favorites are to win, win the championship, win the MVP and who our biggest disappointing team is. So mm-hmm. Matt, we'll let you get started with this segment. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll get started with my, my champion and I'll say, you know what? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me mm-hmm. last year. And, and even the year before I kept going against Tampa Bay thinking <laughs> it, it was anybody else's chance to win, but you know what? They just kept proving me wrong. And mm-hmm. now, you know what? Now I can't go away from them. <laughs> Tampa Bay has proven over and over again. They're the best in the league. Mm-hmm. And I, it's time I stopped picking against them. I've learned my lesson. So it's, it's time to pick them. They're, they're my pick for the champion. They're currently 59-38. They have 82 points, good for fourth best in the league. Mm-hmm. They're, they're playing great hockey as always, and I'm sure they'll get even better come playoff time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for, for me, you know, my my favorite, um, you know, kind of starting out the season was was Toronto. And kind of the last time when we looked at the halfway point, I was kind of sold on the, on the New York Rangers. And I, I'm going to pick the, the Rangers again uh, to, to hoist the, you know, the Stanley Cup at the end of the season. And I think they're just doing they're, – they're doing a lot of things well on the, on the defensive end. I think in hockey, I mean, it's it's somewhat easy to, to score, you know, score goals or, you know, get get goals. But how well do you play on the on the defensive end? And I think that's a big key to making a run in, in the playoff is, you know, how well does your defense play? Definitely and, goalie play is always – you know, in the playoffs is always a major, major factor. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, and they're, you know, a hundred, they've only given up 152 goals through the, through the season, uh, which is tied for third in the NHL. Um, And they only give up about two and a half goals a a game, which is also good for, for third in the NHL. So doing really well there. And then, you know, as far as, you know, crunch time moments, uh, they have like a 26 and a half percent power play percentage. So when they get in the power play, they're scoring on almost, you know, three times out of 10, they're, they're scoring there in, in the power play. And that's good for second in the NHL. So they're taking advantage of, you know, when they, when they got the numbers there and, 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 but at the foot on the flip side, they're doing really well when they, you know, are down a man or, you know, down a couple men. So up in the, up in the tougher, you know, top 10, when it comes to uh power play kill percentage too. So nice. I like the Rangers here. I mean, you know, New York needs desperately needs a championship from one of their franchises and uh, whatever, whatever it might be. I know those fans in New York are, you know, almost praying, asking for, for a championship. And I think New York, the, the Rangers give them a, a good shot this year. <clears throat> All right. Very good. Well, I'm going to, you know, they got, uh, you guys are staying on the East coast. I'm going way out West, not all the way out West. I'm going to Col- Colorado avalanche. All right. Um, all right. They're uh, just behind Tampa Bay and a Florida Panthers in the Vegas. Office. They got the two teams from Florida at seven and a half to one. They got the Colorado avalanche at four to one. So mm-hmm. um, they're league best 89 points. So 
I, I, I gotta, I gotta think that uh, Colorado is going to pull this out this year. All right. All right. Well, moving it over to the best in hockey or moving over to the best, maybe player in hockey, you know, MVP race, uh, you know, who, who wants to start that, start that off. I, I kind of start that out. I know, you know, the, this panel's always been real high on Connor McDavid and, and I think he's got to be one of your top picks, but Right now, I'm kind of leaning toward Austin Matthews from Toronto, um, league leading 45 goals, um, and then uh, 77 points overall, and 33 goals in his last 34 games. He's really getting hot, you know, here towards the later half of the season. So I got him right now with a slight edge over Connor McDavid from Edmonton. All right, Matt, what you what you got? Yeah, the the last time we did this, you know, I talked about Jonathan Huberdeau of the Florida Panthers, and I'm I'm sticking with him. All right, he he's, has his team at second with the second best record in the NHL, and he's second in the league in points scored with 84. Mm. It's uh, 19 goals and 65 assists. He's playing hockey, and he's leading one of the best and great hockey, leading one of the best teams in hockey. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that Yeah, that's right. a great that's a great uh, recipe there, for yeah. being an MVP. Right, absolutely. Yeah, well, for me, you know, MVP in the last couple of times, it's been, you know, Alex Ovechkin, you know, what he's doing as, you know, kind of an elder statesman there in, in the league. But, you know, I do have to switch switch it up here at the three-quarter mark. Um, you know, Dad talked about, you know, Connor McDavid, and I like him at, at the moment to, to win the MVP. Um, I think – hurting him a little bit the Oilers don't have the greatest of record currently um so I think you know to have a real good chance or you know even a better chance to get get some votes um from the voters is to you know improve that record with with the Oilers but you know he currently sits almost first in every kind of major category Um, but but the one that stands out to me that he has 33 points which you know points are goals and assists you know combined that's how they you know calculate that so he has 33 you know points in the power play, which is first in the NHL. So he's making it count in, in crunch time and, and really, you know, not only scoring goals, but also contributing and setting up his teammates to score in, in that crunch time power play when, you know, that's you got, got a man down, you know, or, you know, they're the other team's man down that that's when you need to take advantage of those, those opportunities. So, gotcha. all right, good call. Uh, um, let's see what else we, Oh, miss most disappointing team. Mm-hmm. I got to flip gears and go back out to the East and go with the, with the Islanders right now. Um, you know, this was a team that finished fourth last in the East last year. Um, it, it, 32 and 17 and 71 points. And right now they're sitting at 24 and 24 10th in the East. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and only 56 points. So, you know, at this point in the game, they're not even going to equal their win total from last year. Uh, you know, this was a team that, you know, predicted to, you know, probably make a run into the playoffs at the start of the season. And I, I don't know, to me, they've just been with the with the talent they have on that team. They just they just been a disappointment to me this year. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, for me, dis- disappointing team and I've, I've stuck with them and then it's continuing to be the same team for me. And that's, that's the Montreal Canadians. Um, you know, they, they have been playing a lot better here of late. I mean, they have improved their record, you know, quite a bit from, from the last time we talked about them, but even with that improvement, they're still sitting in the bottom of the league, um, you know, worst record in, in the NHL. Um, and, pretty much last in every major category. So it's just not setting yourself up for, you know, for success when you're not really doing much of anything, anything right at the, at the moment. So, you know, I look for the Canadians to, you know, probably finish with the, with the worst record in, in hockey and, you know, 
see what they can do in, in the draft and then try to, you know, rebuild that way. So, yeah, well, Rob went east and I'm going pretty much all the way west over here with my pick. And it's probably not really a fair pick, but I'm going with the Seattle Kraken. After the success of the last expansion team in the Las Vegas Golden Knights going to the Stanley Cup championship with their first year, yeah. I think expectations had to be kind of high for, for Seattle coming in thinking, well, we can do the same thing. And, you know, they've looked every bit like an expansion team. They've right. got the second worst record in the NHL at 1837 and six. And they're just not showing any signs of life. I, mm-hmm. I, I just think that that's a pretty big disappointment after seeing what the last what Vegas was, was able, able to, to do. do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes absolutely. sense. All right. We got one more segment here that we want to hit before the commercial break. And mm-hmm. that's, um, that is, uh, some major league baseball news. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were all kind of thinking that this is going to, at the end of our, you know, last show, we weren't sure if we were even going to get to watch any baseball this year, unless <laughs> it was minor league ball. But uh, right. they uh, they agreed on uh, some terms, and and uh, we're going to see baseball. They're going to have a shortened um, spring training schedule, and they're going to get all 162 games in. They're saying so, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And there's been some rule changes. Not only the stuff that you know we talked about the money that was hanging up, and you know they worked out the money. And I, to me, that's not as interesting as some of these rule changes that we're going to see. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, like, like dad said, you know, we, we didn't think that this thing was going to end as, as quickly as it did, but you know, from everything that I was kind of reading, it, it sounded like both sides were, were feeling the pressure of, of, you know, the season kind of getting closer and closer to that, you know, April date, or, you know, usually when they start, you know, baseball and both teams are getting kind of nervous that, man, this might really start to cut into the actual season. And so they, you know, it, it seemed like they, took a little bit more initiative to try to get, get something done here, but you know, it did last, you know, 99 days. It was, you know, lockout for, for 99 days, which was second longest in baseball history. Um, you know, compared to the previous one that they had, that was a lot longer. I didn't find out how many days that one lasted, but long, long time, but you know, still, you know, they got, they got a deal done. Like dad said, they're going to start, start spring training games on, on March 17th. So that's, that's tomorrow. And then the season starts uh, opening day is, is April 7th. So they're going to get in a full 162 game season. So that that's better than what I was predicting or, you know, what I thought, you know, if this thing kept going, I, I was, you know, thinking, yeah, maybe they play 120 or, you know, 82 or, you know, something like that, but they are able to get it done in time and still, you know, have a, have a full season. So yeah, I mean, getting this thing done, I, in, in time to have a full season, man, the, these owners really won this thing. In my opinion, you know, the, the players didn't get near as much money out of this as they wanted. They soft cap. So, I mean, competitive balance isn't really going to change. I, I, to me, I, I think the owners won this thing big time. They got, they got more playoff teams, more chances for them to make money. Right. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it, I, I'm surprised the players gave, gave in so much as, as hard mm-hmm. as they were fighting early on to see that they only got, small increments of stuff mm-hmm. on yeah. their side. It was kind of surprising. Right. Let's talk about some of those rule changes that we were alluding to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big one, I think, and, and everybody expected this, is National League now gets a DH. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be 12 teams in the postseason, like Matt said. Right. Um, they're doing away with the guy on second base. Um, in the extra innings. In extra innings, yeah. which was – was that in the league for two years? I think it, it was just the code. Or just, the, the, it, no, it was last year. Was, was it just, they, they did it last year okay. too. Um, but COVID, COVID, COVID year was when they kind of implemented it or started yeah. it or whatever. And now they're it, getting away. I kind of like that actually. It yeah. shortened up the games. Yeah. But, um, I think there were kind of mixed mixed feelings mixed around emotions. it. Yeah. And there's now there's going to be a draft lottery now, and mm-hmm. st- you know keeps the team from tanking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
And then the thing that kind of puzzles me about this is is the advertisement on the uniforms yeah. this year. Yeah. How, how strange is that going to be? I, I, yeah, I think, I, I mean, you see it already. I mean, the NBA has already somewhat implemented that. I mean, if you if you catch an NBA game, you'll see, you know, on their jerseys is a, a logo or, you know, a, a name of probably their biggest sponsors or, you know, whoever's mm-hmm. willing to put up the most money to put, you know, a sponsorship on the jerseys. And it really, like, you know, it, it probably could be worse or could be a lot gaudier looking than, you know, what you might expect it really isn't like it's a big logo that takes up you know a lot of space it it is kind of a small one that you unless you're kind of looking for it you really don't don't notice it kind of deal so it's not like they're going to change the c for the chicago cubs right have a logo there right right yes i think you know as long as they well that makes me feel a little better yeah as long as they keep (laughs) it you know somewhat comparable to like some of the other leagues that that have implemented that rule where yeah it's not all about the advertisement or you know whatever like i think it's a i mean i think it's a move by the MLB to be similar to the modern leagues or, you know, similar to what some well, of the how other much money is that going to generate? I mean, that's well, gotta I, be huge. And yeah. I'm curious how they, if they're doing a split with that, because you, you figure some, some people are going to want to want to, you know, endorse a player more than a team. Mm-hmm. So they, they may give the team money just because of a player. Right. Right. And um, the other one I, that's going to be in 2022 is, they're limiting the number of times a player can be sent down to the minors in, in oh. one season. Oh yeah, I didn't so, catch that. That's and then there's then there's going to be more changes for 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, a pitch clock. I, I'm interested to see how that works. Yeah, they, out. they've been you know testing that in the minor right. league. So I mean, it was only a matter of time before right. it, and it. It works well in the minor league. I mean, yeah. I've gone to and a couple it, Clippers games and it, 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 yeah, yeah, it keeps the game going. What I found was uh, 14 seconds with bases empty. Um, 19 seconds with runners on base okay. if they allow a pitcher yeah. and he's only allowed to step off a mat. You can only throw to first base or throw to base like two times okay. now, okay. step off the rubber and throw to the base two uh, times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, the, and the bases are going to be larger. They're going yeah, I from, did, I did see from 15 inches to 18 inches. Yeah, no, I thought what I had read was these are rules that they're talking about implementing in 2023 and they have the power to do so, but it hasn't really been. Okay. Been, All right. I don't know. I guess some of them are pretty interesting. Yeah. And the other one I saw that I liked um, that you will play at least one series against every other team in the league. I like that. That is nice. That is nice. Well, then yeah. the, what was the deal with, the, I was trying to figure out what the, the all-star game, if it's tied at the end of nine innings at the winner of the home run derby, they, well, no, they're going to play, play another home they're run They're going to basically have another home run derby ah, to determine okay. who All wins right. the All-Star yeah. game. And, and initially when I read it, I thought it was saying like whoever won this home run derby is like who would determine something like in the World Series. But then I went back and read it and you know, I was like, no, it doesn't have anything to do with the World Series. Thank goodness. But yeah, it was basically if, if the All-Star game is tied after nine innings instead of let's drag this thing on and keep playing extra innings, it's we're going to put a home run derby and, 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 you know, pick the two best guys or, you know, the two guys that you want to compete and that's kind of slug the, it the out reading on that. The details are pretty scarce on that too, because they said, but for it to actually happen, both managers have to agree to right, it. And right. there, there's gotta be a whole thing that yeah. has to happen right there during the game. Yeah. And it's, it, it's it one of those very things, odd setup on it, how they were going to do this it. is one of those rules that definitely like the language in the, in the contract or, you know, the CBA was like, still has been iron. Yeah. Out. Like it's, it's in there, mm-hmm. but like it has, it's, it's kind of like one of those things that kind of gets lost in, in translation or it's, right. it's kind of in the fine print. Like okay. it's not been, fully, like, yeah, we might do this. We right. Like not, it, it's, it's there, good. but like, it's not, you know, been fully, you know, talked about or, you know, agreed upon yet. Okay. So, All right. <clears throat> I mean, some of that stuff, I, you know, 
I don't know. I don't know if were we they, really needed to make the bases bigger. I don't did they, know. Did they get rid of the the shift? Did they ban the shift? Uh, I read something. I think in twenty twenty three, they're talking about limiting the number. Of there has shifts. to be two. Pl- there okay. has to be two players on each side of second base. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Was what I read, but I don't know if that's something that's a definite yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I I would like to see that rule. I hate when they put the shift on. Yeah. I that definitely think me. that the MLB is trying to obviously put a lot of these rules in place to get. More, generate more, more runs, offense, more, yeah. you know, more right. enthusiasm. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, your average baseball person is coming to the coming to the to stadium see run score. to see, you know, people yeah. score runs. I mean, yeah. obviously, your diehard fans would love to see a pitcher's duel that, you know, goes right. into, you know, the eight, seventh, eighth inning or whatever. No or, hitter into yeah, the eighth inning. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, average fan wants to come to see some action. So, right. I think definitely – the, the MLB's rules or the, some of these kind of proposed rules. Well, and let's it, face it, baseball was never more popular than when we had <laughs> that was a juice ball and right. the players were juiced and they were, <laughs> right, right. you know, hitting balls 700 feet. So, right, right, absolutely. You know, so. so, All right, very good. Well, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. Don't leave us. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. And we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. We're going to get into some big news in the NFL. Uh, we had three big signings this week. Well, two big signings and one unretired. <laughs> so um, we'll, we'll save that for last. But uh, a bit big news, Khalil Mack from the Bears to the Chargers. Uh, wow. I didn't. I didn't see this one coming. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know what the what the Bears are doing, or you know what they're thinking. I mean, I don't either. Obviously, they're somewhat in rebuild mode. Obviously, they they get rid of Khalil Mack, but they they cut also some other veteran players from their team. And I just, I, yeah, I don't understand. Obviously, they're bringing in a new coach, but you just drafted a, a franchise. You know what you have deemed oh, your franchise. Yeah. You know QB in, in Justin Fields, and and I think the strength of that Bears team was their defense. So that helps out your, you know, your, you know, rookie sophomore quarterback there. Uh, but now you cut, obviously, probably your best player on on deep. Not really cut, but trade your best player to only get a, a second round, six. second and a and a six round pick. Um, and so but they did they did free up some caps. Man, yeah, obviously, that. yeah, money money wise, it it makes it makes sense. But yeah, I just I, I don't know. It makes makes I mean, it's gonna be. Good for the for the Chargers. I think they definitely win this win this trade. Yeah, uh, as, as long as Max healthy, that's right. got to be one of the best defenses in the NFL. Having yeah. Bosa coming off of one side, Mac coming off. Yeah, the other. right. Hundred. They freed up a hundred million in cap space between this this trade and a couple other that Colton's alluded to. But mm-hmm. you know, yeah, so to, to get this guy for a second and a sixth round since he came to the Bears in 2018, he's had 36 sacks. Mm-hmm. 52 quarterback hits and 14 forced fumbles. Right. Wow. And, That's and like, impressive. And like Matt said, you know, he's been somewhat injury prone or, you know, he's had a, had a few injuries in there that's kind of limited his minutes, but those are still impressive stats for, yeah. you know, even the amount of games that he's missed. So, I, I don't know. It seems like, yeah, the that, that AFC West, 
holy cow, is it is it stacked? I mean, yeah. you got you got the Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos, and the, and the you know the Chiefs there, all with franchise you know star quarterbacks. Uh, you know, and it's it's obviously this makes sense for the Chargers. You know, the Broncos bring in Russell Wilson. They you know the Chiefs already had Patrick Mahomes. You had to bring in another pass rusher. You, you got to stop it. Yeah, you got to got to go figure yeah. out a way to you know keep these guys from scoring 40, 50 points a game. So it, it makes sense that the Chargers go after him and, and pair him with with Joey Bosa. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see you know them them you know paired together how how it works out. Well, it's for interesting them. for the Bears when they got Mac, they had to give up two first round picks, a third rounder, and a sixth rounder. So talk about a change from right. from then to now. But mm-hmm. you know, the only thing I can think, do they know a little something more about his foot injury? Is, yeah, is it that's... worse than what people are thinking? Right, I mean, right. May, may he never get back to form? Mm-hmm. You know, right, and I mean, right. he is he is in his thirties. I mean, thirty one. I think is what I what I saw. I mean, obviously, it's not you know super old, but you know, he's leaning towards you know more more you know older and and just more injury prone and things like that. But yeah, at the end of the day, I still think the guy is an absolute animal when it comes mm-hmm. to you know coming to play football so be interesting to see but yeah he gets uh you know the the chargers head coach currently is you know brandon staley and that was actually uh max you know khalil max linebacker coach when he first came to the Bears. so he gets paired up with the guy that he's used to obviously be probably a similar system to what he's used to so i think it's just overall a, a good you know good win for for khalil mack but a good win for the for the chargers mm-hmm. too absolutely all right, the other one, I know, Matt, this was one you were kind of interested in, yeah. um, Amari Cooper from Dallas to the Browns. Yeah, I mean, being a Cowboy fan and, and, and knowing that the, the story that, that, you know, they were planning on cutting the guy, so to get something out of this is is really the best they could they could ask for. They, they got a fifth-round pick and a, a sixth-round swap of picks there with the Browns. And, you know, like, like I said, they were going to cut him for cap space. That, and they're, they are loaded at wide receiver. They got C.D. Lamb there. They got Michael Gallup, who are both great young receivers. So mm-hmm. I, I can see the reasoning for wanting to wanting to get rid of the cap space there mm-hmm. with, with some other needs that they had to had to address this offseason. So, right. you know, I, I think it's a it's a OK enough haul. They did have to give up a first rounder to get him in 2019. And, you know, but but Cooper did. He played well for the Cowboys in those years he was there. So they they got some use out of the one first round pick they mm-hmm. traded and right. they got a little something back. And like I said, they were going to cut him. So right. I, I think that's a, it's a decent move for the Cowboys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, like you said there, you know, in, in Dallas, I mean, he finished top 10 in every, almost every category for, for a wide receiver targets, uh, receptions, receiving yards and, and receiving touchdowns, you know, even in his short time with, with Dallas, he was in top 10, you know, amongst other, you know, wide receivers in pretty much every wide receiver category. So I think they got their, got their money's worth out of him. Um, you know, obviously they didn't have much success in the, in the playoffs that they were hoping for, but, uh, I, I think it also just, it makes sense from the Browns standpoint. Um, you know, they obviously got, you know, the, the Odell Beckham experiment didn't work out in Cleveland. Um, you know, Los Angeles had, you know, found some success or whatever. Um, but, Though they, I was surprised they cut Landry as soon as they signed. I thought this was going to be like the – In addition to – Yeah, to, to be yeah. the compliment like Odell was. Yeah, and, well, it sounded like, you know, after after they got rid of Odell, I mean, the kind of the relationship, uh, I guess, with the Browns and, and Jarvis Landry just wasn't wasn't the same or wasn't, right. wasn't you know, kind of irreparable because – at the same time, uh, Landry was due about almost twenty million dollars this this year, um, and so they cut him for you know cat. They originally were trying to trade him, just like you know they Dallas did with with Amari Cooper, because they actually a week or so before, a couple of days before this trade actually happened, they they 
basically gave permission to Landry to seek a trade or, you know, find his own deal or, you know, whatever. Sounded like they couldn't find anything or, you know, nothing that they really thought was, was good. So they just, you know, wind up you know, cutting him, but this sounded like he didn't really want to be there in, in Cleveland much longer anyways. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know, you know, I would think, yeah, bringing in Cooper would, would maybe, you know, help him stay a little bit more, but this sounds like there's, you know, some, Real, some real drama going on there in, in Cleveland right, right now. I, you know, yeah. there's Leonard there's, Baker Mayfield just right. I'm hearing like and, they're going after Deshaun Watson. They they'd be willing to give up two first rounders and Baker Mayfield to get Deshaun Watson. <laughs> and I mean, it, it, I mean, obviously we don't know what's what's going on, but Baker made a a comment or made a post on you know social media that basically was thanking Browns fans for the last you know five years or whatever that he's been there in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Saying it's been been a great ride or whatever, but it, yeah. it's time for me to move that's, on yeah, type deal. Telling. So and, and uh, there was some some Browns players that were a little bit upset about you know him coming out and saying that, knowing that nothing officially has been done, nothing right. has come out, like nobody has said anything. So it's just a very interesting situation we got you know playing out in in Cleveland, and and definitely not what you want to you know do after. You know, a couple of years ago, making it to the playoffs and being a you know a couple of plays away from making it to an AFC championship, and then obviously mm-hmm. last year was a an absolute disaster, um, and not what you want in the off season to to get right back, to you know, get, get back on get yeah. back on the right foot. So, all right, well, the last big news in the NFL, um, not really a trade, but after 41 days, Tom Brady unretires. <laughs> um, yeah. You know. I, I didn't see this coming. I really didn't. Yeah. I mean, there was talk about it, and I thought, you know, he's just letting people wag their tongues, and he's just going to, you know. <laughs> he's, he's and done. then all of a sudden, it's like, boom. Here we and, are. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm not sure that this Tampa Bay team is going to be the same team that he left. Mm-hmm. You know, no Antonio Brown. Obviously, uh, we all know what happened there. Um, and that their receiver, they put their franchise tag on, Chris Godwin. Um he may not even be able to start the season because of ACL surgery. Mm-hmm. They got uh, Gronk as a free agent. Uh, Leonard Fournette's a free agent. Jason Pierre-Paul's a free agent. And Gone Up and Sue is a free agent. Um, Ryan Jensen did sign three years just hours after Tom resigned. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. obviously, yeah. he, their center, wants to come back and play with Tom Brady. So, that, I mean, you know, with Tom Brady resigning, that did help help them resign. Um Ryan Jensen, but, uh, you know, and maybe that'll help with some of these other guys. Yeah. Too. But I was reading their, their $11 million over the cap, right? Yeah. Now. Already. So it's, so. it's, yeah, they got some interesting moves to make, or, you know, some of those guys you may not be able to bring back or, mm-hmm. you know, they, they want to come back. They're going to have to come at very reduced rates. So, um, yeah, be, and I think they were willing to do that to win a Super Bowl, but now that they've won it, right. They like don't now that they, do yeah, that they right don't, they don't, right. don't probably get the get the buyer's discount yeah, and, there and that so. brings up a good point you know everybody talks about how hard tom is on his other players like in practice and that you know he's a perfectionist and yeah. it, but you can't dispute the fact that everybody wants to play with him right i right. mean he's got to be you know obviously he wins games and um so yeah it'll be interesting to see what they do with some of these free agents i was also interested his comment for the reason he came back was i, I got something more to prove what can the guy with two fistfuls of rings have left to prove? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. A Super and, and, Bowl, and holds two every, different teams. Yeah, and, and yeah. holds the records for every passing thing there that is you can known to man yeah. in the NFL. It's 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 yeah, unbelievable that yeah, he would come out and say that. But I think that's just the 
the competitor in him. The, the guy just, you know, doesn't want to, doesn't want to quit. Um, but it'll be interesting. I'm not, I'm not sure who's more, who's more shocked or who's going to be more, more shocked by the news. The rest of the NFL that Brady's back again, like, Oh, here we go again. Right, or, right. or the guy that just bought a day before, Brady's last touchdown yeah, right. for $500,000. And, uh, oh, now it's just another number. Yeah, in the now book. it's just another ball. That's another in a long list of right, touchdown right, balls. Right. So no resale value on, on getting that thing back, right. you know, to try to salvage some money. There. I've been calling so, Tom Brady and saying, you owe me. Some yeah, cash, you buddy. owe me something here, brother. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, I, like I said, I didn't see this coming. I, I, you guys, I mean, yeah, shocked. I mean, I, it sounded I mean, like there, there was talk, you know, yeah. after, yeah, after just, he was away for a little bit, and they, you know, he started saying some things like, "Well, I, I spent some time with my family. Now, I, now I don't know what else to do." <laughs> right. Now I'm already to think, sick oh, of that, or yeah, what? <laughs> right, right, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> all right, well, let's move on. Um, you know, like Colton said, and you know, it's our favorite time of the year here on uh, Fired Up Sports, and that's March Madness. So. Let's get into some of that. Let's start out. Um, first segment I want to talk about, what number one seed do you think has the hardest path to the finals? Matt, we'll let you get started with that. Yeah, to me, I think the hardest path got to be Gonzaga. They got to go through Duke, Arkansas, Alabama, all teams that have shown they have ability to knock off number one number one caliber teams. So, I mean, this this is just that, – that, that bracket's going to be a, a a fire bracket. That teams are going to be coming at you left and right. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to be – survival of the fittest to get get to the championship out of that side yeah okay. absolutely i, I gotta agree with with matt i think gonzaga has got that got the toughest road here you know and i don't understand why i mean you, do you want to be the number one overall seed <laughs> you, yeah, yeah like what what's the what's the luxury here because right, right. you know you, you you play the best all season and then yeah you get paired up with you know duke texas tech arkansas uh you got alabama you throw a set a, a seven seed in michigan state who you know we know tom Izzo is always yes. good in march so it's like mm-hmm. it, it's a lot a plethora of, of good teams in that yeah. bracket so really was it was it worth it to be the best team all year i, I mean it, it, other than getting to play close to home right right yeah the know. home kind of home court advantage or you know somewhat of a home court advantage but yeah just a lot of a lot of good teams in there that, that gonzaga's got to go through so yeah well another team that's getting to play close to home though i think may have the hardest path and that's kansas um you got a number five iowa team in there that's playing really good i mean they picked a good time to get hot and mm-hmm. ran their way through the big 10 tournament uh, you also have Auburn, you know, who has proven, you know, how many weeks were they sitting at number one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and you got Wisconsin in there. That's that's a solid team. I won't I, I won't say they're a they're a finals team right now, but I to me, I think Kansas right now has the hardest path. All right. Well, let's going flip, over to yeah, the let's, easiest. Let's path. flip that over. And who do you think has the easiest path? And I I have to somewhat disagree. I think Kansas might have really? the easiest path here, and and a lot for maybe the opposite reasons of, of what you're, you know, what you're talking about other than Auburn. I think they're, they're a decent team and yeah, they've spent, you know, some time at, at number one, but they need to have some better, you know, better guard play. Um, they, they got, you know, great, you know, back or great, great front court with, you know, a lot of tall guys and big guys there in the, in the front court, but their guard play can be a little bit inconsistent at, at times. So I think they're going to have to shore that up to really make, you know, make a move here in, in this region. Uh, Wisconsin. Yeah. They're, you know, like you said, they're, they're a solid team, but they're not, they're not great. They, they, you know, rank outside of the top 30 and a lot of kind of metrics that you use to kind of predict success in the, in March madness and their best player, Johnny Davis is coming off of somewhat of an injury there in the, in the big 10 tournament. How healthy is he going to be? And, and by far 
he is the best player for for Wisconsin. So they kind of maybe go as as he goes type deal. And if he's not a hundred percent, you know how how far is, is Wisconsin gonna go? Then you you go further down the seeds. You got LSU at a six seed. They fired their coach before the tournament even started. <laughs> well, you know what good you know that that that's not good. And then you know number seven seed there in USC. They have two wins all year against teams that made it to the NCAA tournament. So just, you know, not a lot of, a lot of solid or, you know, strong teams there, but you know, when it comes March, anything, anything is possible. We, we could, you know, see one of these teams, you know, really turn it around and, and make it a bit difficult for Kansas. But just looking at it right now, I think, I think Kansas has, has the easiest way to, to the final four. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think taking a look at this, I, I think the easiest route to the final four is Arizona. I know they've got Villanova, Tennessee, and Illinois as the the other top seeds in that bracket, but you know Villanova I think is probably the weakest of the two seeds in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then you got Tennessee who who ha- they're, they they're are very they they're, they're, they are hot right now, yeah. but they've also shown it some times this season where well, they, they go complete opposite yeah. direction. So mm-hmm. if if they hit one of those cold streaks, you know that that's another possible easy test. And Illinois, Arizona already beat them this year and they beat them in Champaign okay. and they beat them pretty easily. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think Arizona's got a pretty easy path there to the I, final four. I'm, I'm with Matt on this. Um, I agree. I think Arizona uh, got the easiest route. Villanova. Yeah. That's a team that, that you're going to have to tent contend with. But like Matt said, Tennessee's been inconsistent all year. Illinois stumbled late, you know, down the stretch. They didn't play well at the end of the big 10 season. And, you throw two other teams in there from the Big Ten, Michigan and Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan, I'm not even <laughs> Lucky sure. Lucky to be even in. I'm not even sure they should have been in, and I'm a Wolverine fan. So, <laughs> um, And OSU played terrible down the stretch. Yep. Absolutely. Um, didn't make a good showing in the Big Ten tournament. Right. Uh, neither one of those teams did. So, yeah, I, I think Arizona's got the easiest route mm-hmm. to get, you know, get to be one of those number – one of those final four teams right now. Yeah. So, um, so tell me, uh, Colton. I'll let you start this. Give me one matchup that you're looking forward to. Uh, yeah, I guess kind of kind of first round. I guess uh, you know I'm looking looking here through through it. You know, I, I look in that West region. I'm I'm kind of interested in that uh, you know seven ten matchup there between Michigan State and, and Davidson, just because you know the winner of that more than likely will be matching up with with Duke in the in the second second round. And I think either one of those teams, you know, a lot of experts are saying that, that either one of those teams could be capable of, of knocking off Duke in the in the second round and, you know, making an early exit for for the Dukies. Obviously not what they want with this being Coach K's, you know, final season. Um, you know, they want to make a long run and, and, and try to make it to to the final four. But, you know, I think that's, that's going to be an interesting first-round matchup. You know, Michigan State, you know, like I said, Tom Izzo always has his team playing great when it comes March time. Uh, but – Davidson's a hot team. Um, they're they're playing really really well. Um, you know we obviously talk about them a lot when you know Steph Curry made his immaculate run through through the NCAA tournament. But this team is is you know right in their own history or you know whatnot. So I think that could be could be an interesting first round matchup, and you know then could give Duke a, a real test in the in the second round. So all right, very good. Uh, one of them, I got two here, but the first one I this is a team that you know I was watching a program the other night and a, a team that. From the American East Conference, Vermont, sitting at they're twenty-eight and five, but they were they're a thirteen seed. They're going up against number four seed Arkansas, who um, you know absolutely got destroyed by Texas A&M in the SEC tournament. And Vermont played three games in that in that American East tournament, won by an average of thirty-seven points mm-hmm. in that tournament. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, obviously we know this isn't one of the you know power conferences out there, or whatever, but. 
you know, it's just going to be interesting to see what a team like Vermont can do with, with 28 wins. You know, we'll see how they match up against a team that obviously played in a much tougher conference in the SEC. But, right. you know, I, I, that's just if, one of those games that, you know. You get hot at the right time. Right. And, you know, that there's always a, you know, 413 or, a, yep. or you know, or a whatever. 314 or three, whatever. Right, yeah. 314 every year in that first round. So, uh, Matt, what you got on your radar? Yeah, you know, I think I'm looking forward to the 11-6 matchup of Virginia Tech-Texas. I think that, that poses a – it was an exciting matchup. Virginia Tech got real hot here at the end of the season. They're playing great basketball. Texas played pretty well all, all season long. So I think that should be an exciting matchup to watch there in the first round for some lower-seeded teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just got a quick, quick comment about Virginia Tech. I mean, I, I feel like they got somewhat snubbed here in, in the tournament. Yeah, they got in, you know, whatever. But, I mean, they made an impressive run through the through the ACC tournament, knocked off the likes of North Carolina and Duke, and, and still wound up with a, an 11 seed. Like, I'm not saying that they they could potentially knock off Texas here in the, in the first round as hot right. as they were in the ACC tournament. But, you know, based on, you know, kind of the, the, the committee's rankings, Virginia Tech came in, you know, one through 68. They came in at 40, 46th, which was only one spot over Notre Dame. And Notre Dame was the last team to get in the tournament. They were the fourth team, you know, of that final four. They were the last team to get in. And Virginia Tech beat, beat you know, a couple of good opponents, made made a real great run there in the, in the ACC tournament. And they still get, you know, uh, still get an 11 seed. And that basically proves that if Virginia Tech hadn't won the ACC tournament, they probably weren't getting in at all. Yeah. So it, it just, you know, shows you like mm-hmm. how important that was for Virginia Tech. And they probably didn't realize it at that moment. Mm-hmm. But it's just interesting to see that even with them winning it, the committee still didn't value it, that, you know, that that much. So. so, so you know, talking about that, so what, do, you, do you think the committee got this bracket mostly right? Who, who do you think may be some potential snubs here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the big one for me is 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 Texas Texas A and M. I think uh, you know they made a heck of a run there, and the and they, I mean they were somewhat on the bubble already coming into the SEC tournament, um, and, and they made a, a very impressive run, made it all the way to the SEC championship yeah, game. I thought I thought that was going to get them in. I yeah, really ult- ultimately you know didn't didn't win against Tennessee, but still a close game. It wasn't like they got blown out by thirty points or anything like that. They still kept it. Competitive. They've still kept mm-hmm. it close. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, you, you just look at, you know, their kind of quad one record. They, they were four and 10 in, in quad one games, mm-hmm. um, you know, not not great. But if you look at some of the other teams that did make it in, like Indiana, Notre Dame, mm-hmm. quad one wins for, for Indiana, four and seven, maybe a little bit, you know, winning winning percentage is a little mm-hmm. bit better than mm-hmm. Texas, and a, Texas A&M. But you go to Notre Dame, they're two and eight. They're two and eight in, in yeah. quad quad one games. So I just think you know maybe they and, and they came in hot. I mean, I guess it you, you take you take into account the whole body of work, or at least that's what the committee says they mm-hmm. look at is is kind of the whole body of work. But I mean, Texas A and M won eight of their last ten games. I mean, you couldn't ask for for maybe a hotter team, you know, right, right now to to make it in there. So I thought you know potentially Texas A and M should it should have been in there. And Notre Dame, I know that they won 15 games in an ACC, but outside of the ACC, they don't have really any great wins. So I just I think Texas A&M may, may have gotten snubbed. That, that was my biggest snub, too, I guess. I mean, I have some concerns about some teams that got in. Mm-hmm. Michigan, like I said, I'm still not I'm still not convinced that they're, you know, 
one of the best 64 teams in the country. Well, and if they were in, how are they not the last four in? How yeah. are they not playing in? in the all the experts, and I, you know, I don't consider myself an expert, obviously, <laughs> but all the you know experts on ESPN and uh, Fox Sports and whatever one you li- they had that was never a question. They were never like like Matt said. They were never like one of the last four teams in. I'm thinking, yeah. how can they not be? And, and Rutgers and Indiana were ahead of them all year long yeah. in the Big Ten race. Well, but- and that's another. Uh, <laughs> You know, with Rutgers and Notre Dame having to play their way in, I I got a problem with that. Okay. That's um, I was talking to Colton about that earlier. I don't understand playing in for an 11 seed. I don't get it, it either. It, Rutgers was fifth in the Big Ten that put nine teams in. Mm-hmm. Why should they have to play their way right. in? Mm-hmm. I don't understand how that's decided. You know, and they're going up against Notre Notre Dame team that yeah they don't have a lot of quality ones, but they they were they did finish second in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they. But with Rutgers, I mean, they went on a stretch where they beat, you know, number 13, Michigan State, number 16, OSU, number 14, Wisconsin, number 12, Illinois, in four straight games. Mm -hmm. And yet they got to play their way into the tournament. I I don't know. I was a little puzzled by that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Matt, like you said, Matt, we talked about this a little bit before, before the show. And I think it really, the committee is trying to make it so that these first four games are people want to tune into you know they want to make it so that the ratings are just as good for these first four games i, don't know. I, I just don't think that's fair if, if, yeah. yeah it's not rewarding right right, right. Uh, it's you know unfortunately yeah one of those teams has to go home before they even really get in the right. you know the big dance um yeah it, it makes it you know somewhat somewhat unfortunate but at the same time we also have seen where you know you win that game you got a good shot at going to the Sweet 16. Ever right. ever since they've kind of implemented this this first four, you know, kind of uh, you know matchup or whatever, uh, you know, a team from that first four has moved on to the Sweet 16. So yeah. it, it's you know you got a real. It, it's obviously not you know where you want to put yourself or you know where you see you yourself. Got to play an extra game, right? But uh, you know, mow on your but it might, might might help you out in, yeah. a, in a sense. That, yeah, you know, we've give seen you... teams that you know sit for a week or longer. You know, these teams that uh, they're conference tournaments were over last week you know early last week that Mm -hmm. you know don't get to play a game for almost a week and a half you know how how long does it take to shake the rust off right right you know and it's it's the best the greatest thing about you know march madness it's win or go home you know there's no tomorrow yeah yeah you either either win or you're sitting on the couch watching everybody else else play um so it's what makes you know march madness one of the one of the best uh best in the business and we we love talking about it here and we could probably go on for hours upon hours and we probably will next week we're gonna dedicate probably the majority of our show to march madness next week we're gonna come at you on tuesday next week um live from matt's basement and uh you know that'll be you know, just two days before that, that the sweet 16, six, match. you know, we'll get these first and second round games in this weekend. And, wow. you know, everybody's bracket will be busted. We'll all be crying <laughs> the blues yeah. about how bad our bracket is, but we're still loving basketball. Yeah. And just, just a quick, you know, comment about the, about the brackets. We, uh, we, we do have a bracket challenge out there on, on ESPN. Um, if you want to, want to get involved, uh, free, free to enter. No, you know, no, uh, you know, dollar amount to, to get in here. Um, so, even if you don't know a, a thing about college basketball or, you know, have never watched a college basketball game in your life, still join in on the fun because, 
usually the people that think they know what they're doing are the ones that finish in last place. So uh, the, the people that pick it based on, you know, team color or, you know, which one comes first in the alphabet. Sometimes those are the people that do the best in this thing. So the coolest uh, mascot or but whatever. But yeah, you know. we'll, uh, you know, our, our group on ESPN is uh, fired up underscore port sports podcast. So just, you know, search for that there, you know, get in it's, it's free to enter. Uh, we'll be giving away prizes to first, second and third. So, you know, get in there. You know, you got a real good shot at, at, at winning. You know, it's anybody's anybody's ball game. So we, uh, you know, appreciate you. Get in, and we'll right. Maybe throw a prize worth a couple pesos your way. <laughs> yeah, or... right, right. So we, uh, you know, appreciate you guys listening um, to Fire It Up with your host Colton Cal, Chief Rob Cal, Matt Cordes. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And if you want to hear uh, more topics or other topics for future episodes, or you know, just got a big burning sports question that you want us to want us to hash out here on the on the show you know feel free to reach out to us on our on our different social medias we got we got an instagram that's fired up underscore podcast or you can find us over on facebook which is fired up comma sports podcast so appreciate you guys listening um you know you can also head over to our our website which is fired up one.podbean.com it's got all of our past episodes on there and just a little bit of information about about the show um, and, and like I said, you can catch this episode and all of our uh, past episodes on pretty much every podcast platform you can think of. Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, you name it, we're, we're there. So appreciate you guys listening. And as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.